Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast. Your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right. Welcome into another Auburn Live show. It's the Modcast. As always, Justin Hokinson, Jeffrey Lee, Cole Pinkston. As we get ready for Auburn and Mississippi State football, a lot of recruiting, basketball has gotten going. Um, busy time, fellas. Busy time of the year right here the next couple months. No doubt. Yeah, it's about to get wild. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit uh, um, of football, and then we'll get into a little recruiting. If you haven't read The War Room, go read The War Room, auburnlive.com. We'll, we'll get into a little bit of that stuff maybe later, but we won't give it all away. Um, there's some, there's some good stuff in there. I think a big weekend for some visitors, um, big moment for Auburn football. I think, um, you know, coming off a pretty, you know, pretty embarrassing loss, um, certainly on the offensive side. Um, I think if that was a Gus Malzahn team, you know, you would have heard, uh, the same, you know, you would have heard a lot of, a lot of criticism, probably been railroaded pretty good, um, for that offensive performance. Um, Mississippi state comes in good team, good defense, um, and so uh, they're coming off a loss as well. So I think it's a big moment, Jeffrey, for um, for this team. I think it's another moment of bouncing back after a, a loss. How do you respond? Can you figure things out? Um, Brian Harson said, "Hey, it's on us to figure it out. Like he, that's our job. We have to figure out how to fix the fix the problems that are there." So he certainly took accountability. But I think another big moment for this team and this coaching staff um, after that you know, yikes performance in College Station. I think it's uh, – I will go with the bigger performance for Bo Nix. Last week when we were on the show, uh, my biggest concern was Bo Nix on the road. We know what his historically has been, and then, but we've seen him at Arkansas when we saw him at LSU. Uh, but his tendency on the road in the SEC has always been a concern. And, man, it's almost like this team – goes as Bo Nix goes uh, and Bo Nix might go as the offensive line goes and it just a trickle down effect to everybody was sucking last week we even <laughs> saw the, the the drops reappear right yeah. um, so just got to get back in the swing of things this week Mississippi State to me is like Ole Miss now Cole you like that lineup uh that matchup with Ole Miss um Mississippi State I'm okay with it I, I I I was more scared of Ole Miss than I have Mississippi State. Let's put it that way. If, if Auburn plays like they had before the A and M game, or and after Penn State and after Georgia State, uh, they'll be fine, I think. But uh, looking, want to see Bo Nix get back uh, get back to his mid season form like he was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I think you're right about Bo. I think the the most disappointing. I told somebody earlier in the week the most disappointing part about Bo was the regression back on, on the mental side of things. And, um, it was the Bo we, yeah, it was the Bo we had been complaining about and he reappeared. We thought he'd gotten over that hump and and, and he, and he regressed, like you said. Yeah. And you thought, you know, I don't know, you thought he had turned the corner, right. His last three, four games, especially mentally, but, but, um, that was, you know, I was, I was more disappointed in that than, than maybe his inaccuracy or, or him playing like that. It was, it was yes. the fumble. It was the two fumbles in a row where you, you, that clearly was in his head. It was the talking to the refs. It was the, you know, getting on to Shedrick, you know, it was just getting on to players about certain things. And like, I'm okay with some of that. You're a competitor and you're a quarterback, but, um, just, it looked Nothing. like he was rattled again. And nothing irks me more about Bo Nix than his desire to retreat straight back. Like, man, that just uh, – I, I don't get that. Hey, at least, he's, at least he's adding some spins in there every once in a while. Now. I mean, he <laughs> Jeez, turned 17 times. 
makes you nervous. You hate to see it, <laughs> but do you hate to see it? I mean, there's a big, big difference between a seven yard, 10 yard sack and a 20 you know, yard sack. That just blows my mind that a kid with his intelligence and football knowledge and a football family coming from a football quarterback father has, even has that in his arsenal. Like, I, I, I understand getting the hell out of there, but straight freaking back, I don't, I, I, I don't understand that. And, and I, I don't, I expect more from him. If it's not there, you're taking lateral like he did at LSU. We saw yeah. him scramble laterally in, in, against LSU uh, and then throw the ball away. Throw it to your mom up there in the stands, man. Uh, I, I, but the bow, I, I mean, last year he did it habitually. It was, mm, it just yeah. drives me crazy. I understand the offensive line sucking at some points and you having to get the hell out of there, but running straight back just blows my mind. Yeah, it's like his, that's his first. Um, that's kind of his default mode. Cole. Yeah, right. Like, what, what's crazy is I, I, Joe Burrow. I mean, I'd, I'd have to try to think about every quarterback I've ever seen in my life. But dang, if Joe Burrow wasn't maybe the best I've ever seen at working back up the pocket and then just going right up. I mean, it was he was nothing. He was not focused on anything. He felt it in a way that I've rarely seen quarterbacks. And naturally, and and I'm not saying Bo. You know that there was some natural feel to that. But man, I'm like. With Bo's athletic ability, imagine if he dropped back, worked back up the pocket, and then just went and then just with his athletic ability, just found something back up. The, he would kill teams, kill teams doing that. And you're right; I have no idea why he likes to retreat backwards and turn it into just a prayer. Maybe he gets out of there. It just becomes a melee, and who knows what's going to happen. Uh, half the time he tries to force a pass. Maybe it's complete. Maybe it's picked off. It just it just creates so many so many problems, and I don't I don't get why he does it either. But what do you think about that Cole about Bo and and kind of just his mental his mental game against A and M, and how does he how does he bounce back from 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 that? Uh, I mean, like what Jeffrey's saying with the when he when he does the backing up and the running backwards and the turning around, you saw him do that effectively at at LSU but you, you go okay good job don't ever do that again right yeah like what's effectively like i mean i mean yeah like did did some of them turn out okay but yeah yeah i still can't like approve of it you know it's like well, that's, right. yeah that's that's the thing you, you don't you don't teach that that no. that is all improv right and there's a place for improv but it it, it has to just like everything it has to be under control right and and Joe Burrow certainly you're talking about him he had his moments where he had improv and but he he's always got his eyes downfield his feet are always set and he's comfortable you can just you can see it on his face no there's he's cool as a cucumber he's yeah. never worried about anything right that's where I want Bo to be honestly um, you talking about matchups Jeffrey I, I didn't I didn't love the matchup with Ole Miss. I actually liked the matchup better just on paper at A&M because Calzada had struggled some up to that point. But, boy, you can tell a huge difference in demeanor between Calzada and Knicks in that game when you go back and watch it. He was never rattled. Never. He didn't get rattled. He, he'll he take a sack every once in a while. But, you know, that that's sometimes that's a good play is to take the sack. Yes. That's, sometimes that's a good play from your quarterback. Sometimes that is a, a point-saving play or, you know, a, a down-and-distance saving play to, in order to give you another chance when you, when you run the next play. You know, if it's second and, and ten and you take a sack, but you stepped up in the pocket, you lose two or three, then you got a third and manageable, long, third and long, but you can, you know, you got something to work with instead of, okay, there's absolutely no chance we can get back to these sticks on this one with the stuff that Bo's done in some of the games. Now, I don't foresee that changing. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say that he's going to do any better next week. I, I think he'll do the same thing. Uh, the question is, will he get away from it? Because <laughs> he can. We've seen yeah. him do it. The problem with it is it's so inconsistent, but there's always a chance that he could make an unbelievable play by doing it. So that's, that's you know, that's the state of Auburn's offense right now. I, I think my biggest uh, concern with that is risk versus reward when it comes to retreating backwards. There, there's it's a high risk of yeah. 
and, and then let me say this, and I'll I'll leave Bo alone because for the majority of this year he's big yes. big time improved. But we're talking about you know, we open this with the offense at Auburn. Right. I mean at A and M. You know what what are we talking about if Bo Nix doesn't throw overthrow Javarius Johnson there in the first half when he was he had two steps on the defender and Bo hoping, overthrows him. Um, I was hoping we weren't going to bring that up, but yeah. So 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 now it's ten to three going into halftime, and then. What what are we talking about if Bo doesn't fumble the pitch back and hits whoever it was? Maybe it's Shanker. Uh, was a tight end seam? Somebody yeah. was open downfield on that flea flicker type deal. What are yeah. we talking about? There was that. I thought you know Bo of old resurfaced. He was running around backwards, turning the football over. He missed guys that should have. You know his long ball has consistently been off. Right? I mean he he sucks on the long ball. Yeah. And when he, but when he doesn't, it's a completely different team. Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's the defense played well enough to win, in my opinion. When you hold Texas A&M okay. to three points at home at halftime, when you're going into halftime three three, your defense is doing enough. Sure, they gave up a couple of what? No, no. Let's see the the fumble return for uh, a touchdown. What was it? Twenty one to three final score. Twenty 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 to three. So yeah. it was. A one-score game. They gave up four field goals, up four yeah, field goals right. and a two-point conversion. Defense played well enough to win. Uh, yeah. Bo Nix has to give Auburn a better chance to win on offense. That's what I, Look, I thought. If you if you keep if you keep an offense from scoring a touchdown, you should win the game on the road in front of one hundred four thousand people. Bottom line, right? You've you got to find a way to win. No Absolutely. Um, it, and what's amazing is the fact that. The defense has now gone six straight quarters without giving up an offensive touchdown. And in the exact same time period, the offense decided well, we're just not going to score an offensive touchdown in the next six quarters. Yeah, like the fact that out. those are happening at the same time is amazing to me. Um, I, I joked, I was like, I don't know if that's good or bad complimentary football. Like it's good for the defense. It's terrible complimentary football for the offense. Um yeah, defense is playing well enough. I think the defense will play fine against Mississippi State. I do think it's going to be kind of maybe a frustrating game at times because I think Mississippi State's going to complete a crap ton of passes. Um, and 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 But I think Auburn will keep them in check in terms of points. That's kind of what they've done. Like I could see Will Rogers completing 35 balls, um, but I could see Auburn holding them to 21 points. Um I think it's it's just going to come down to what what are the changes happen on on Auburn's offense. Here's my theory: either Auburn comes off that A and M game and says we need to rethink what we're doing, or do they say A and M had a great game plan? We just got beat. We just got out executed. Let's go execute better because I think those are two different things. If you just say hey we're confident in what we're doing, we just didn't execute. Versus wow we we, we got to we got to change some things up. I'm curious what the confidence level of the offense is in that first quarter, first half against a good Mississippi State defense in terms of total defense. I mean, Mississippi State, South Carolina, South Carolina and Alabama, these last three games, that's the other three teams that are in the top five in total defense in the league. Georgia and A&M are one and two. So you got to get some things figured out on offense because the rest of the way, it's pretty good defenses. So I'm curious, Jeffrey, like the confidence level, like where's Bo at? You know, I just maybe at home it'll help, but that's kind of what I'm watching for is what do they look like in those in the first and second quarter? And do they look like they're executing or do they look like they're did they get lost at AM? That's what I don't want to see. And, and let me say that even though I'm sitting here harping on Bo, I have zero doubt he's the best quarterback on the team. I saw some TJ Finley posts and I thought, oh shit, are we going through this again? Like, come on now. I mean, don't get me wrong. He he won the uh the, the Georgia State game. He did. Yep. I'll give him that. In no way would I ever start that start him over Bo Nix. Bo Nix gives Auburn the absolute best chance to win. And uh I fully believe that. It's not like hundred percent. No. Agreed. Yeah, I'm with you there too. So we're all on the same page there. I was saying with you, Jeffrey, I saw some people start to clamor about Finley, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, 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 no. First of all, he's just – look, we saw him against Georgia State a little bit. You also saw him in that drive against LSU. He's not as good as Bo Nix. He's not. For whatever Bo Nix's struggles are, 
there's things that Bo brings to the table with a with an offensive line that has its moments of sucking. Finley's not the guy I want back there. Um, and it's just frustrating when I saw that. I tweeted during the game. I'm like, it's just – it's getting old. We can critique Bo Nix. He deserved it after that game. No question. Yeah, right, but, but, right. But, like, let's not get lost in that means that we think Finley should start or that means that Bo Nix is the number one problem because the whole offense, line, receivers – um, Mike Bobo, every level was a collapse against AM. And so, yeah, it's, it's, that was really frustrating to see more people talk about TJ Finley. I'm like, just, you're not even watching the game. Just, there's, right. there's a lot of problems. Finley wasn't, wasn't going to solve a thing in that game, wasn't going to solve a thing. And the people are like, well, what if he deserves a chance? Well, no. I mean, that doesn't make, that doesn't make sense either. This isn't Little League, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that made no sense. Cole, what did you make of the offensive line? Because I, I, I didn't, you know, they gave up four sacks. They gave up, you know, additional pressures. Um, you know, they, they're, they're still, they are what they are in the run game. It's just not going to be, Penn right. State's probably the best you saw. And it's just, you know, well um, said. Yep. they're not going to push people off the ball. But did you think they protected Bo? I saw some people trying to make the argument that there were receivers downfield. That was Bo's fault. I saw other people saying the offensive line you know, was it doing their job? Like, did you have kind of a feel of how they played in terms of a pass protection against against A and M? Did you think they did well? Uh, no, I don't think they did. Uh, I don't think they did great. I think they did. They were average, right? I think they made too many mental errors, and but I think it's a combination of of just, you know, Bo was worried that somebody's going to come loose at any time because. They're not consistent in pass protection, and and really, I don't think that's a that's a shot at his confidence because I think he's really confident he can make the plays. Yeah, that's, that's like I'm not worried about his confidence. I think he's good there. Overconfidence, yes, but 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 he gets you know he gets a little antsy just because, especially in the big moments of the game, right? The moments when when Texas A&M or the defense, whoever they're playing, knows that they can pin their ears back because it is a passing down, right? That's when Bo Nix is going to struggle the most because he does not have a lot of trust that the pass protection is going to hold up long enough for his reads to come open. So he's going to be running around. He's going to be moving. His feet aren't going to be set, and and that's where the problems come. And you can blame the offensive line for that. You can blame Bo, but I think it's a combination of both. I I think he needs to trust them better. And I think they've got to be able to hold just a touch longer than they're doing right now at times. And against A&M, they had some really good reps. You can you can go and flip on just a random play, and you'll see where they, they look like they're perfect in pass protection. And then you can go and flip on another play and go, gosh, that was horrible. I mean, they look, they look like they've never done it before. They missed assignments. You got guys that are turning their shoulders when they're supposed to be squared up and, and, and catching people in the hole and – and that hasn't been going on all year. I don't know what happened in that game. Honestly, there are a few plays that look like the Georgia game from last year, if y'all remember that. Yeah. Guys just running through gaps, and, and the pass protection was wrong. Even the calls were wrong. I mean, it wasn't even all – it was just a mess. And it wasn't a full mess in this game, but there were times when it looked like that. It was chaotic. So, Bo, you know, he's not um, – He's not Joe Burrow. He's not calm all the time. So he's going to freak out when he sees that kind of stuff. Yes. It's like Jeffrey was saying earlier, the trickle-down effect, right? I don't know who it starts with exactly. I don't know who to who to place the blame on from the from the jump, but that's that's how I'm seeing it right now. That's fair. I mean, I, I would I would agree with you. Um, I would agree with you. And yeah, I wish by now Bo would, you know, he's a good enough athlete that I wish he would be more calm. Um, because he's a good enough athlete to get out of jams and he's tough enough to take hits. Um, it's one of the things that Cam was so good at. Like Cam's a freak, but Cam was so big that he just nothing would, he wasn't worried, wasn't worried about getting hit. Didn't matter. He's like, it doesn't matter. And I wish Bo would do it. Bo's a tough enough, good enough athlete that uh, stand in there and, 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 and don't really worry about much. He could break tackles. And so um, he's not a frail guy that needs to be, you know, right worried about getting dinged or, or anything like that. He, he needs to be standing in there a little bit, a little let bit. Me, let me, uh, let me say this too, Justin. There were only three quarterback run calls, and I, I mean designed run calls, meaning he doesn't scramble. It's a design run. They're blocking it for the quarterback. 
Yeah. And one was a draw. You had the sweep, which he actually handed off. So I don't, I'm not sure if that one counts. Um, and there was another one. But the point of that is what Jeffrey was saying earlier, if, if Bo Nix is the best option at quarterback to win this game, I think you have to use his legs. One, because he's good at it. He's fast. He's, he can make people, you know, he can get around the edge and do things like that. Two, because it calms him down. I think you have to help him. I mean, I really do. You, you got to help him in the play calling. I'm not saying Mike Bobo didn't, but, you know, I thought Auburn was running the ball pretty pretty good. I mean, Tank was averaging four and a half yards per carry. Why, why only give it to him 15, 15 times? Give it to him more, 20 to 25 times. In a game that was so close, I thought that was something that, that should have happened more. You run the ball. I mean, get get Bo Nix in better situations, right? That's that's how you win. Yeah, it was weird. Um, I, on, on Bo Nix running, yeah, it looked like they were going to do more of that. You go back to LSU, um, and they're, they're right there in that stretch. I mean, Arkansas, um, you know, Bo Nix was, was running the ball. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure – had to have been a scheming thing or something that Mike Bobo was seeing that was just like, hey, I, it's not going to work. We can't bow running, certainly the perimeter. A&M was not they, – they were very well prepared. We need to give them a lot of credit. Um, yes. They weren't going to let things happen on the perimeter, but why not a, another quarterback draw? Why not a yes. zone read where you just say, Bo, you're going to keep it and get three yards? Um, By the way, yeah. the, the quarterback draw went for 11 yards in the first down. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't see it again, right? That was it. No yeah. So yeah, he he yeah. I'm I'm mean, I'm with you. I think he's got to be involved in the run game, no matter what. Um, run run a power sweep, whatever. Like I said, let him let him keep it and, and run it up the middle. I mean, he's a good enough athlete to um, help out in in the run game. What what was odd to me against A and M was, and and I thought maybe this was an indictment on the offensive line. Maybe was A and M's defense was super aggressive. Corners were up, safeties were creeping up. Uh, it reminded me of of what I've seen under Gus at times where defenses are just like no respect uh, and they just suffocate you. And I, I wondered, you know, outside of the Javaris Johnson shot, you didn't I didn't I didn't you know, you kept thinking they even talked about it on TV. Hey, out and up, out and up, double move. Yeah. When are we going to see the double? Move? And we didn't really see it. And the only thing I could think was that he didn't trust the line to protect well enough to do it, um, because how else are you going to back that defense off? Uh, and, it, and it never really came. And that AM defense just sat down on them. Um, and I wondered why we didn't see maybe a, a few more shots. Here's the other thing I wondered. In a close game, was Mike Bobo calling that game because it was three to three? Was he being too conservative at times? Was he going, hey, it's three to three? I, I, if this is how it's going, I'm going to call it a certain way. And instead of saying, hey, we're going to need to score 17 to win, I wondered, you know. That I don't. That I don't know. That I don't know. Like, was he calling that game, thinking, "All right, let's just not screw it up. If this yeah. is going to be three to three, ten to three game," and he should have been calling it like, "No, we, we're going to need to score 17. and you know, and then they got behind, and then it was now you screwed it up. Yeah, yeah, you waited too late. It it could be that. I think he had some good play calls in the mix. I just think the balance was a little bit off for for the situation, right? Like three to three. It, you're six three in the uh, in the third quarter. I, you don't leave the run game because that's what that's what your identity is. I mean, everything goes through that, right? It has to. That's that's the key. It, nothing, none of the play action stuff works. You can't take the deep shots. None of it works unless you can, if unless you can run the football on a defense. If you're Auburn right now, so I just think the balance was a little bit off. I, I think there were some good play calls. The deep shot to Johnson was dialed up perfectly. It was open. <laughs> he just didn't hit it. And that's probably why they don't take as many deep shots because, one, they don't think pass protection is going to hold up. Two, Bo can't hit them. All right. I mean, we've seen it a million times now. You know? And yeah. He's always overthrow. He's always like overthrown by several yards. It's not even like, oh, right off the team. It's, it's, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kobe I mean, Hudson had a, Kobe Hudson struggled, right? Had a couple oh, drops, yeah. Um, yeah. had a false start. Um, sure. He did not. Yeah, he did not have a a great game. Tight ends weren't really involved much. Didn't see Tyler Fromm in, involved. Andrew Carlson. Um, how about uh? How about yeah. Luke, Deal? Luke Deal came in there and made a big catch. 
dude, that guy is playing him, man. That, you know, I was expecting this cat to be the blocking tight end. He's got yeah. some damn hands on him, man. This, this guy, this guy played quarterback in high school. I mean, the, he played the, what? He played quarterback in oh. high school. Man, and he would run threat and he would throw the ball and he'd run over people and then he'd go to tight end and they'd throw it to him almost every time. And I was like, man, they got this guy like as an extension of the offensive line right now. Throw him the football. I felt the yeah. same way about Shanker. Shanker's highlight tape from, yeah. from high school was was hand city. It was all hands, baby. And then <laughs> on the line. He's uh-huh. on the line. <laughs> yeah, neither one of those guys were used. Uh, Luke Deal had the only um, big pass play in the game. He had a it was about 15 yards. It was the only – I think it was the only 15-yard completion. It might have been the only 10-plus yard completion. Yeah. I think it was 15. It was the only 15-plus yard completion in the entire game. Um, was it, was it, it was behind him and low, too, wasn't it? Like a back shoulder type deal. Yeah. Or was it here? It was up. It was high. He it was up. Okay. Yeah. It, it was a damn good – it was impressive. But – uh, we kind of skipped Anders Carlson. Yeah, I mean, if you can't make it, you can't play. Uh, Kobe Hudson, if you can't make, if you can't make the catch, you can't play. I mean, you've got one job, dude. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Carlson was a short one. That that was yeah. that was uh, that was surprising. He's better than that. I don't know what happened there, but that was that was way too short to miss that miss that field goal. That can't happen. That's, that's what uh, Pat Dye used to say to his kickers all the time. Hey guys, you got your own field over there. You have no <laughs> business missing any field goals. You right. have your own field. We gave you your own field. <laughs> Good stuff. But really, so it's true. We, so what do we make of Mississippi State? Um, you know, what's the good defense? That, look, they're, they're going to make it really hard to run the ball, too. I mean, so Auburn's going to – if they're going to figure it out, they're going to have to figure it out because they're not going to – this isn't a game where, like, oh, they can get back to maybe running the ball. State's not going to make that easy at all. I mean, they're going to have to have solutions in the pa- back in the passing game this isn't Ole Miss, you know, where a terrible defense. It's not what's – this isn't Arkansas, which was, you know, okay, but had some some issues. Mississippi State's not going to let Auburn run the ball, go crazy. Um, they're going to have to make plays in, in the passing game a week after they made none. Yep. But we've seen them do it. We know, we know they can. Yeah. We've seen them do it pretty consistently there for, for that, what, three, four-game stretch? Yeah. Yeah. And then it just, you know, crap the bed. They got to get out of there, man, and get back to what they were doing and how they were doing it. And they they can finish, man. They can finish. I think they'll give a if they if Auburn does what they're capable of doing, they'll be able to give Alabama a damn good run for their money. Yeah, no, I think I Alabama's very beatable. Yeah, sure. I agree with that. Um, did A and M figure something out? Like Cole, that would be yeah. my other concern. Yes, Auburn didn't execute. But I, I worry. I've seen that defense. I've just seen that story before where teams creep up. And uh, I remember back, Jeffrey will remember, I remember back to the Brandon Cox days, probably 2006, when, when, when they really didn't have the wideouts uh, and, and, and Cox wasn't mo- – and teams just started coming up and it was lights out. And teams did it on Gus too. But, man, when teams start creeping up and you can't, you can't get them off, I mean, it – and I and I worry if teams don't just do what A and M did and said, all right, we're we're gonna press up. We don't trust the receivers. Shedrick Jackson's not beating anybody out there. Yeah. Um, Demetrius Robertson's just gonna go deep, basically. Uh, yeah. well, their their line is their line is you know so so. We're gonna blitz them, and 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 they're not gonna handle it all that well. I guarantee, defensive coordinators going into Auburn week have written on the board right now, in the meeting room, stop the run, we win the game. Because they're going to dare you deep, and and Auburn's not going to be comfortable going deep, even when they have shots. That's the thing. So Mike Elko, give him a lot of credit, man. He, not that everybody hasn't tried that, and and Auburn's hit some things before, when when they gave up the deep ball, just like Jeffrey was just saying. But you know, that's that's the game you play when you play Auburn. You you take that risk, right? Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's a that's a good risk to take. That's a good bet I would take if I'm a defensive coordinator. Say, all right, let's make Bo Nix beat us today. Let's see how that goes. Right. Yeah, not Tank Bixby. He's not. That's, gonna that's, that's how I would go into it, right? If we're going to lose. If we're going to lose, Bo Nix is going to beat us. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> right, and I feel pretty good about my odds there. 
I do too. I do too. And, and then again, he's the kind of guy that may come out of nowhere and and you go, well, you know, tip your hat. That's right. But good game. <laughs> it just it just reinforces what we've been saying. This offense goes as Bo goes. If, if this team goes as Bo goes, you're right. Yeah, I worry about that. I, I, yeah. I, I think I think I think you just put a lot of pressure on on Auburn's offense and uh, and make them make them figure it out because they didn't handle it well against A and M. Um, and you know I, they don't have the wideouts. I think Kobe Hudson. He's just inconsistent. You see why he's inconsistent, but he's got the ability. Like Kobe's got the ability maybe to beat somebody one on one, but there's not. I mean, Shed's not and D Rob. I mean, they're just not. I would trust my corners. If I'm a good defense, I'm trusting the secondary. I push up on them and 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 make Auburn handle it, go deep, complete some long balls, handle the blitz. And so I wonder if Mississippi State doesn't really come after them. And that's why I think it could be an ugly game or a frustrating game. I think Auburn will be in it. I think Auburn's got a great chance to win, obviously. But I think it could be a game where you're like, jeez, you know, it's just it, – it could look dire at times. It could look a little ugly at times. That's how I feel like this game is going to go. I don't think it's going to look like Ole Miss where there's a lot of good execution and and you're scoring 30-plus, you know, maybe, but I, I feel like Auburn's going to win this game and you're going to be like – I feel like Auburn just needs to win this game. Yeah, yeah right. That's where, you, that's where I'm at. Just survive. Um, yeah, Will Rogers is going to throw obviously a, a, a ton of passes and thinking about Auburn's defense. That's why I can't imagine him completing less than 30 passes. Um, if Auburn plays kind of that style of defense they've been playing, which no, no reason to think they won't. Um, he's complete. He's going to be the linebackers and safeties are going to be um, no, no pucket. I doubt it. I mean, he might be back. Carson said he might be back, but that was a pretty bad shoulder injury. I, I have to think he might be yeah. available, but, but probably not in the starting lineup. But that middle of the field, if I'm Mississippi State, yeah, I'm attacking Kaufman or I'm attacking Owen Papo or I mean I'm just crossing routes, whatever. That I just that's why I think there's just gonna be a ton of passes completed. And Auburn's just gonna have to keep that mentality of we're here for the long haul, complete some balls, fine, but we're gonna keep you out of the end zone. Yeah, this is not a good game not to have Puckett. You definitely need him this week. Uh, but if he's not full speed, then you know, Kaufman's your next best bet problem is he we saw him get beat a lot last week uh, i think uh, i wrote in the real-time analysis um uh, yeah you got a guy out there that's not used to playing a lot of snaps he's a smaller guy and that's the matchup today they're gonna go to it let's see how it works out didn't work out very well and they got him matched up with Widermeyer too so that didn't that didn't go well and i thought kaufman started the season cold was he not doing fairly well playing a lot and then his playing time just dipped. Well, look, I mean, there, wasn't he the starting nickel? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Now, what I'm about to say is, it could go a couple of ways to to people listening to this. There's a case to be made that Christian Tut was pretty good in the box and around the uh, line of scrimmage, but when you manned him up, problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel kind of the same way about Kaufman right now. I don't think he's – I think he's a, a step above Tut in that regard, but he's still – he's going to have some issues when you man him up. And 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 that's going to be the whole game. Because he's 5'9". Yeah, well, he's 5'9". He's just – he doesn't look like he's able to keep up with some of those, you know, long crossers where you have – That to word, yeah. A top end speed. I mean, two of their biggest plays, A and M, were on Kaufman. The the, the 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 tight end, big guy that crossed all mm-hmm. the way across, big play. Yeah. And and then you know, give credit for Kaufman forcing the fumble, but he also took a bad angle and got run by. Right. And then and then, and then the only right. reason he was able to make that play is because there was the running back had to go around the corner. It slowed him up a little bit, and Kaufman made the play. But Kaufman came up and took a bad angle and got run by 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 a chain. So two of their biggest plays, A and M, was because Kaufman. Wasn't fast enough, and that's kind of that's kind of my point about him. He's a great football player, very scrappy. He's going to make big plays, but there's nothing you can do about his size and speed. It's not it's not his fault. It's just that's that's part of the game that you cannot account for, and that's why it gets recruited more than anything else. The size and speed. Are you are you saying Cole? There's the reason he signed with Bandy. Yeah, well, I, just, look. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. The There's a reason players. he signed with Mandy. Well, there. think about it. I mean, Cole, you're not wrong. Look, you have a guy that that we at the beginning of fall camp, 
it was Harson or Mason or a player. I can't remember who said it, but they were like Kaufman immediately came in and was telling everybody what to do because he's yeah. been in the defense. Now think about that. You have a guy that literally from day one knows more about the defense than everybody, yet he's barely seen the field. Yeah. I mean, that tells you a lot. So so his playing time as others learn the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Went down. So hey, I mean I this this is why this is why this is a great example of why I have the four categories that I always use when breaking down a recruit, right? You got your size and frame, you got your raw athleticism, you got your uh football IQ, and then you have your SEC readiness. There's a lot of guys out there that you'll turn on the tape and go, Yeah, you know, if you know a little bit about football, you go, That guy knows what he's doing. He's he's in the right place at the right time, you know. He's jumping balls because he, he knows where it's going. Uh, he's he's making tackles. He's doing it all right. But he may be lacking a lot in the raw athleticism and size and frame part, and that's just not going to cut it on this level. That's the problem. There's a lot of guys floating around there that have great football IQ. They know how to play the game, but they can't make it on this level because they don't have the athleticism. It all has to be together. Yeah, there's a ceiling. I mean, there's a ceiling when you have that one or the other, you know, if, if you're an athlete, but you can't get it, there's just going to be a, there's a, there's a ceiling. You got to have both to kind of keep moving yep. up the, up the charts. Love what Tennyson did. Um, okay. You know, hopefully he can repeat that performance. Um, you know, he, he played really well and I'll tell you how well he played. Brian Harson. we've talked about how hard it is to impress him how hard it is for Harson to come out after a game and really praise a guy. Even when Bo Nix was playing great, you know, Harson's like, he's consistent. He's doing his job. You know, like it's – there's an expect. Harson's like, there's an expectation. I don't – what do you want me to do? Um, <laughs> with Tennyson, he was like – he played – he's like – he said of Tennyson, he said he's, he did some things really, really well. He goes, he did some really, really good things. And even so, where Harson goes, even – he goes, I know we made the play on special teams. He made the dumb, you know, play. But yeah. Harson goes – he said, but, but his effort – was was amazing, and Harson even said, "I'll take his relentless effort over over everything else." So for Harson to say, "I'll take that effort," and kind of dismiss the penalty that he made, that's a big deal to me to hear Harson say, "Like I love the effort," and yeah, he made a mistake, but like that, I don't know, that struck me. I think Tennyson really, I think he really elevated himself in the eyes of those coaches. And hopefully that gives him some confidence, and he can keep playing that well because he's a dang good athlete. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, he, he strikes me as a guy that that is always giving full effort, but sometimes that can hurt him because he's a little out of control. But hey, when he's on, when, when he when he starts to lock in and when he starts to make plays, he'll knock your head off. And uh, and he can cover pretty well too. But I'm sure Mike Leach is going okay. Number thirteen played his first game last week for you know, first full game last week. Let's try him a little bit. Nobody really tried him last week. That's kind of how uh, Mike Leach looks at things at Mississippi State. He's looking for every single matchup out there in the passing game, and he's going to throw it 60 times. So Yeah, yeah. So. No, you're right. Look, Tennyson's going to get te- – I mean, they're not McCreary. They're going to stay away from him for the most part. But they throw it enough where he'll get tested. Jalen Simpson's pretty good. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Tennyson played 26 snaps against A&M. That was as many in the other five games combined that he had played in. He had only played 26 total snaps, and then he plays 26 against A&M. But even 26 isn't a ton. Um, yeah, you go against Mississippi State, and Tennyson's about to get – you know, him and Kaufman are, are really about to get tested in a way that they haven't all season long. Yeah. Snap counts are about to go up for DBs who haven't played a lot. Snap counts are going to go down for guys like Chandler Wooten. That's just how it's going to go this week. So how do we see this game playing out? Let's move on to recruiting. Um, is it Rob Rob Pate in his column? He predicted thirty to twenty four Auburn. Um, can Auburn get to thirty on this on this defense? They got to thirty one against Ole Miss. You know, thirty one if you don't count the defensive touchdown against Arkansas. So those two games, thirty one. They're held to ten against Georgia, three against A and M. Uh, is this can they get to thirty, or is this a game maybe they pull out twenty four to seventeen? How do we see this looking? I, th- I like Auburn at home. I like Bo Nix at home, um, even though uh, I guess the Georgia State game was pretty bad. But, I mean, I, I really do. I think Auburn rebounds – the offense rebounds this week. I think the defense bends, but it doesn't break just a, a lot. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking 30, 24, something like that. 30, 27. I like that score. I'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, I almost want to say that Auburn needs to score 30 points to win this game, but at the same time, Auburn's defense just does not really allow touchdowns. And if they did allow, you know, two or three touchdowns, that would be really, you know, out of, out of the ordinary for them. Yeah. So, I'll go with a low. I'll go with a low scoring game. I, I think uh, probably twenty eight twenty one. I'll go twenty eight twenty one Auburn. Um, I, yeah, I just, that, that low scoring game. Oh god, you got them going over <laughs> these days. That's low scoring game these days. These days, right? What was the score in that? It makes me think of the the thirteen game where you know Nick Marshall hit uh, CJ late. That yeah. was what, like twenty four seventeen or twenty four twenty one, something like that. Like, that's kind of how I feel like this game could go, where it's like, it's just, it's not always pretty. Auburn might be losing at some point in the middle of the game, um, but I, I do, I think they'll pull it out. It was it uh, wasn't there a Mississippi State game? It was three to two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. never forget that game. <laughs> God bless. What a game! What a game! And you know what's funny is I remember after that game, the the get the. The headlines were like, I mean, the the amount of spin. Yeah. Was like, oh, Paul Rhodes defense, though, you guys. I mean, I mean, the, the spin that was put on that game, like, but you know, look at the defense plays like that, right? Like, like the, to to avoid how god awful the offense was. Yeah. The only mistake Auburn made was the safety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Shut out on the defense. Oh man, <laughs> that defense did that that year, boy. That defense did it. I mean, they they played well against you know West Virginia. That was a that loss there. That defense at some point was just like fuck it. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, because by the end, I mean they lost out, Georgia yeah. and yeah, Georgia and Alabama shut them out at the end, and it was just done. That defense was literally ex- <laughs> you know, expounded every Nothing. bit of energy. It's like forget it, just forget it. Nothing <laughs> we can do is going to matter. Yeah, they yeah. can't score. Yeah, it just they they were like just just doesn't matter anymore. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's gonna. It's a big game. It's a big moment for Auburn to bounce back and and get this W. They can still get to eight and four, which I think makes a lot of fans happy. Uh, go to Carolina and then you know and then come home against Alabama. See what see what happens. Um, but I think this is a big game to. We talked about consistency before the year. I know I did. I wanted to see under Harson a more consistent program, and this is that means you win this game. That means absolutely, you win absolutely, yep. and you win at South Carolina. Absolutely. Yep. yep. I expect yep. Auburn to be eight and three, and if anything going into the Iron Bowl less than eight and three, it's been a disappointing not only game but a, a complete season. Yeah, anything less than eight and three going into Bama is a disappointment for me. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. Be consistent and build on it. Go, go, go! Right. Recruit and develop, and, and see where you're at. You lost at a uh, top five Penn State at the time. You lost at uh, against number one Georgia. You would have lost against uh, Alabama, number one or number two Alabama. And then at AM, which was a top five team at one point. So I'm okay with those if that's how your season ends at eight and four. Yeah. Yep. But you got to be eight and three going into the Bama game. Or yeah. it's, uh, if any if any of your losses were any anyone else besides those four teams, it's a, dis- <laughs> and, it's a disappointment. And, sh- and I think this is another big game to show you can figure things out because we remember what we've seen under Gus, you know, against a certain type of defense or when if a team figured it out, you could forget it. You can forget it. Right. It's over. And it's so, over. you know, if they could come back against a state defense that's played really well and, and and fix some things and do some different things, I think it'll show that balance, versatility that we didn't see under Gus. I mean, it was like it was do or die. It was it was sink or swim under Gus. And so maybe you can right. see if they can tinker and, and, and play with some things and then come out against a good defense and, and perform and execute, that would that would be really a really promising sign of things to come. Um, yeah. All right. Let's talk recruiting a little bit. Um, football recruit. Well, we guess we can talk a little basketball a little bit. I know Jeffrey had his podcast, which with if you haven't checked that out, the Shriveled Pod with Trey Donaldson, Jay Phillips was on. Um, that was an awesome interview. Listening to Trey, uh, real quick, him and Chance Westry signed. Where are we at with hoops recruiting? Any, anybody else, or is that probably going to be it? Well, you know, as we talked last week on the podcast, I believe Auburn's full right now. They have 11 on scholarship. They've got – they just signed two. So, any available spots would have to come from attrition, which we fully expect Jabari Smith to leave. Uh, who knows what Alan Flanagan does. I even saw a mock draft with Walker Kessler, an early second-round guy. So, he'd be got to keep an eye on. I think Auburn will look 
April, uh, but I really think they'll go to the transfer portal for anybody else uh, in this class, unless there's just some guy out there. I mean, we've mentioned Kamari Lance, we mentioned Lamar Washington, both guys, top 50 guys, but Auburn's really not pushing for them. Um, so I, uh, I think the transfer portal and, I, you know, Auburn's done a great job in the transfer portal. Hell, look at the, the, the starting five right now uh, from last year. I think what Katie's starting. Well, you got, you got Walker and uh, Walker and Wendell, and then Katie's right off the bench. And okay, Zep, I mean, yeah, you got four. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah, I think half of your top eight come yeah. oh, from yeah. the portal. So, uh, and Bruce does a great job in the portal. He's got a lot more clout in the portal. And you've got these kids in the AAC or whatever the hell they are coming. They want to play at Auburn. I mean, that's big time basketball. So, i uh, got a lot of leverage in the portal. Um, so, would expect – any more additions to come from there if if unless there's just some guy in, in april that uh is still hanging around um and i won't go go listen to jeffrey's podcast because trey also trey donaldson that interview talks about basketball football and i thought it was i thought there were some interesting comments we won't go into here go listen to that but just you know he's gonna try sounds like he's gonna try and we'll see how it goes um yeah. and so I, I thought that was some insightful stuff um all right football I guess all eyes on Malik Agbo this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with, with him being the only official visitor. He's coming in. His team's his season's over with. Him and his mom's flying in Friday afternoon. And, you know, he'll be here all weekend. He'll get the full – you know, a lot of these kids play Friday night and they get in either late Friday night or really early Saturday morning. They only get one full day uh, or one night at Auburn. So getting him here from Washington – um, this uh, Friday afternoon, having two full nights, uh, a full day, a game day in the morning, uh, Saturday morning, I thought will be big. And, uh, um, you know, Riley Quick signed with Alabama on Wednesday, the, the, the yeah. offensive tackle from Hitch Crossville. Um, so Malik Agbo is absolutely huge, hugely important this weekend. So, uh, but proximity to home for this cat, um, it's not a big deal. I mean, he's looking at like Florida and Miami and LSU and Texas. So he's getting the hell out of the Pacific Northwest and he's, he's getting out of there. So, um, getting him and his mom on campus for this weekend will be big. He's a, he's a straight tackle. I mean, he's an offensive tackle all the way or, or. Cole, you, you, you've seen him more than I have. You know more about that than I do. Yeah. Uh, I think he's capable of being a tackle eventually. I think he's okay. probably going to have to trim down some when he gets when he gets to college in order to do that, he's got pretty good feet for a guy his size. I think he's what he's close to three fifty. I think, right. Oh, shit. Jeez. Yeah. Big, big boy. Then six, what six, is he? Six, 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 five, six, four. Okay. Yeah. Six, four. Six, four yeah. That's, okay. that's probably legit. Maybe six, five of cleats home. Yeah. And I think he's listed at three thirty, but he's, you know, he's in that three thirty to three fifty range. Um, but, you know, that, that's not out of the question for tackle, but he's probably starts his career as a guard at least. Depends on what the situation is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminds me of – and not not film. I haven't watched film of him, but he makes me think, Jeffrey, of um, just because, I guess, West Coast, Juco. He makes me think of Roselle Gaden. You remember that guy? Roselle, yeah. Yeah. Oh, holy cow, that's a blast yeah. from the past. On three, on three has Malik Agbo listed as six five and a half three twenty. 320. Uh, i tell you what, though, but we'll – We'll have a better idea. Cole and I'll get a, uh, a look at him up close and personal tomorrow before the game. All right, at least we hope. Yeah, to. you know, you know what I think is pretty cool. I think I've said this before, but but Auburn, uh, this staff, and I don't know if every staff does it, but it's been more of an emphasis when they have a guy that comes and visits. Then, like, it's it's one of the first things they do. They get their height and weight right there. I say, all right, let's 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 see where you at. You know which is how they knew Inez Cooper had turned down so much because that was one of the first things they did with him. That was what they talked to him about when he got the offer at the Georgia game. They said, look, you come back here and you trim down, we'll talk about an offer. And bam, yeah. there it was. So, yeah, I remember seeing him in June at, at camp. Yeah. I actually, I actually got his helmet and took a picture of it because I was shooting a bird to Pleasant Grove. Uh, it's an old personal joke uh being a minor boy um but it was ended up being an s cooper uh in his yeah. helmet yeah i wonder if he remembers me <laughs> that's probably an underrated part of the visits is 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 getting eyeballs on these guys uh especially nowadays uh with, with you know maybe some of the limited access but actually just getting eyeballs and saying all right he is what he, he is what he said he was or all right he looks the part 
Yeah, right. Uh, that's, that's that's part of the that's part of the evaluation, right? That's what Harson's known for is his evaluation. Well, he's, I mean, he'll get them there on a weekly basis if they will come to the games, and he'll load up the sidelines with guys that have been there weeks and weeks just because he wants to see their progression. He wants to see if they've gained weight, if they've added strength, if they, you know, he wants to talk to them about their game, things like that. That's that's the things we hear from recruits. So that's been, you know, that's been an interesting change with 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 things from how it was. At least it's a it's a noticeable change. You know, they may have been doing that before, but now the recruits are actually telling us that. So I think that's pretty interesting. And then the other one, and you guys can tell me if, it, if there's any other things to watch out for. I guess the only other one, the, the other one that I saw was you guys uh, reported that Amari Kelly's coming this weekend. Um, that's yeah. cool, right because y'all talked about, you know, kind of rebuilding some things there. I mean, he's a guy you want to hold on to, right? Is there any threat? I mean, is it just, is Auburn still fine? Are there threats they need to watch out for? How, how big is it getting, maybe getting him back down? It's, it's yeah. absolutely, you know, he came for an official visit two weeks ago. Uh, was for the Ole Miss game. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, dude hasn't missed a game all, all year long. I think he's been in every home game. Now, he's kind of went silent. I, I haven't been able to get in touch with him, haven't been able to get him on the record, um, other than seeing him face-to-face when he walked out. Of course, he was on an official visit, so I wasn't allowed to interview him at the time. Right. Uh, but, you know, I haven't heard, like, other schools making a huge push for him. Like, I don't know that they're, and I don't know that, you know, uh, he, I could be wrong here. I, Georgia could be making a huge, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I haven't heard that. Um, I think he just wanted, I think he really wanted to be at Auburn when Cornelius Williams was fired. He was like, ah, oh, man, you know, and I think Auburn has worked to fill that void since then. And it, according to his actions, appears, appears to have been working. Yeah. What else is going on this weekend outside of Malik Ogbo? I mean, he's the only official visitor. Anything else? Yep. Um, I thought I think I think it's big that Auburn's getting these guys committed to other schools coming down. I thought Miles Pollard, the uh, cornerback from Brentwood, Tennessee, who's committed to Michigan, hmm. uh, took took an official visit to you know, back to Auburn back in June. I think he visited Maryland and Michigan, and then he committed to Michigan. Hmm. Uh, but Auburn has stayed on him, and I'm talking Brian Harson, I'm talking Derek Mason, I'm talking Zach Etheridge. All these cats have been on him. Um, so he is obviously a high, high, uh, high priority for Auburn at cornerback. Um, he's, he's got a playoff game Friday night. Him and his father are leaving after that. I think they're going to try to drive to maybe like Montgomery or Birmingham or somewhere, get close, spend the night, and then get up Saturday morning and, uh, and drive on to Auburn for the game. Um, I thought that that's very telling. I know Auburn was very excited to get him down because they had put so much effort into his recruitment, even after his commitment to Michigan. So getting yeah. him down to, to, to campus, finally paying off is a, you know, they Auburn believe that they've got a chance here, a real legitimate chance here. Uh, Robert Woodyard is another guy, uh, four-star linebacker committed to Alabama. We've, we know he visited back in June. We know he came uh, to big cat. We know he came to the Georgia game. He's been to Auburn three times in the past few months. And we know he's coming out to the Iron Bowl for an unofficial visit, but will he come to Mississippi State too? Well, I talked to, you know, somebody close to his recruitment. He absolutely wants to be here. He's looking for a ride, man. Can you take me up there? I want to go. So getting him back on campus uh, will be big. Those are, to me, the three big 2022 guys. And I'm sure, you know, uh, will Inez Cooper come? You know, there's some guys in state. um, 2022s is what I'm talking about here. Because 2023 class, there's some big dogs coming down for that. Uh, yep. Tony Mitchell, five-star guy. Uh, who's the guy from uh, the cornerback, Cole, you were telling me about before the show? He, uh, Jalil, Jalil Hurley. Yeah, Hurley, Hurley, yes. Yeah, and he was at the Ole Miss game and and was just blown away. His words was blown away by the atmosphere, and here he comes back again. I, I'm also hearing he's probably coming back for the Iron Bowl too. This is a guy that, you know, has sort of been seen as a as – a, as, a Bama guy. He was going to go to Bama and love Bama and getting him on campus uh, twice in a row for two home games in a row. And then possibly a third, just, you know, keep an eye out for that. That's interesting. Who's Alabama got Saturday? New Mexico state, I think. Oh, for real? Yeah. Like garbage game. All right. Well, that's cool. That's great time for Auburn to take advantage of it. And we, we all love the 11 AM kick, but for recruiting (laughs) it, it kind of sucks, man. So when you look at these visitor lists on these early games, these are kids that really want to, you know, they're, they really want to visit. Why else would you get up at seven o'clock in the morning and yes. drive to Auburn unless you really wanted to be there? 
Yeah. And there's there's some more names to come too, from what I understand. Um, I, another name I wanted to point out, you know, with the defensive line board, it's kind of even when you put up the hot board, Jeffrey. There's there's just some names that it's like, okay, where's all the names at? You know, there's not a lot right. of names there. Trayvon McAlpine from Saraland, Alabama, down in Mobile, or Saraland High School. What? McAlpine. 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 Wow, like A L P I N E, McAlpine. Yeah, yeah, but he went to McDonald's. What a name! It could be Mackle. I don't know. I I think I'm saying it right. No, that's right. That's right. He's a new girl, Shelby McAlpine. I'm gonna have to ask Siri later, but I like it. Yeah, he's uh. He's coming, and, and he's a guy that just decommitted from TCU when Gary Patterson got fired. Uh, a guy that I've, I've resigned. Seen yeah, resigned. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I met Gary Patterson on, a, on an elevator one time. Super nice guy. I didn't even realize who he was. I was real. I was a younger guy at the time. Talked to him. Uh, my mom was with me. We're at some game. I can't remember. And then he walks off, and he was on the sideline coaching that game. And I was huh. like, wow. Okay, cool. I just thought that was another guy. That's how he was talking to me. So, anyway, uh, this kid from, from Sarah Land down in Mobile, he's he's a guy that I've seen in person I liked. I thought he was really good. I thought he had a high motor. And he's a guy that I'm told that, that Auburn is starting to – basically, like, I, like we said before, they're wanting to see him in person, right? They want to see how that goes. If that goes well, he could be a guy to watch for the defensive line board. And uh, another guy too is that is the JUCO defensive lineman Jeffrey Emba. M. Yeah, man. Yeah, I got all the different difficult names today for some reason. But <laughs> you're doing a great <laughs> job too. That I, I I think I think Harson likes him. I think that's that's kind of where the communication started as he kind of looked at the JUCO ranks when he found guys like Keontae Scott, Marquise Gilbert, uh, the two JUCO corners and safety. That that'll be on campus. One was that uh, Gilbert was official visitor at the Ole Miss game. Scott should be an official visitor for the Iron Bowl. So there's there's some names for you in, in case you're you're looking for some people to add to the board and and to keep track of. Man, I talked to Emba. Yeah, I think he's from France. Yeah, he's got he's got sort of a yeah. So so. When you put a dude from France on the phone with me, neither one of us are going to be understanding much. I mean, it was a, you know, lack of communication. There's a communication barrier there, you know? Yeah, right. He's like, I can understand English some, but you, I don't know. You know, uh, you know, Harson speaks French, right? No. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Oh, shit. That's the only French I know. Oh man, <clears throat> uh, Jake, our producer, says Alabama was a fifty-one point favorite this weekend. <clears throat> so real, real quality opponent there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think New Mexico State was last in the FBS last I checked. I think they were number one hundred thirty. Who does Alabama have next week before the Iron Bowl? Uh, Arkansas. Oh, yeah, good. Uh, good that would be a good game too. Where's that? Is that in? Uh, I feel like that's in Tuscaloosa. It is, I believe. Yeah, if they're going on the road the next week, and I, I would imagine should that's be, at home. Should be a nice yeah. uh, physical game right before they play Auburn. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. Auburn on the road at South Carolina, <laughs> coming off a big win against Florida. Yep. That, 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 that's a good – that's a perfect scheduling right there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, – uh, how about Cam? How about Cam back with the Panthers? I think the Panthers play a home game after Carolina. I saw some Auburn people talking about going up to South Carolina for that game and then going to watch the Panthers maybe – Maybe they get a maybe Cam's back starting with the Panthers. <clears throat> that would be an interesting comment. Cam is a guy of humility, so going back, taking taking that chance to go back there, I'm sure that was an easy thing for his pride. After yeah, that. I'm sure. <laughs> um, all right, AuburnLive.com. Go check it out. Go read the War Room. Uh, hot boards on offense and defense are up. Give you an indication on kind of where Jeffrey thinks these guys stand with Auburn and chances. Um, recruiting insiders, a ton of good stuff. So you will have stories um, after the game on Sunday of of some of these key guys visiting as Auburn tries to continue to build this recruiting class. And then of course we'll have coverage of the game um, up on Sunday as well. Basketball Friday night. Um, a lot, I guess you're listening. People are listening to this. 
Um, actually, we're going to put this up today. We're going to put this up immediately. So basketball tonight against La Monroe. Auburn should roll um, off to a decent little start there. Um, and uh, so we'll have plenty of basketball coverage um, as well. Um, AuburnLive.com, go subscribe, man. We appreciate everybody being a part of the community of the site, man. It's been awesome. Uh, On3 Sports continues to grow. The database is getting up and going. It looks awesome. So a lot of, a lot of fun things going on at On3 and at AuburnLive.com. Subscribe. We appreciate it. Uh, for Cole and Jeffrey, I'm Justin. We'll see you next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.